Corinthians chapter 6, verses um, 10 to 18, and Revelation chapter 12. First, uh, Ephesians 6, chapter, uh, verses 10 to 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the devil, of the evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Second verse comes from Revelation 12, 7 to 12. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. Pray, Heavenly Father, that the words of my mouth, uh, the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable to you, Lord. You're our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, Tonight, I just want the lights down a little bit on me, thanks, so I can see people. Thank you, that's enough. Um, I want to talk to you tonight about being free from the unconscious influence of Satan. The unconscious influence of Satan. There's no doubt about it that we know that the devil is uh, real. He has an influence on us. He comes at us. Uh, I cannot preach a sermon tonight that will say, you will be free from everything that is evil coming against you. But I want to tell you tonight that we need to be aware of the unconscious influence of evil around us and Satan around us. Now, you know that the vast majority of people uh, do not believe in a personal devil. 
So if you went around to people and said, you know, uh, we had a sermon on Sunday and it's true for me that I actually believe there's not only God, but I actually believe there's an anti-God force known as Satan or the devil. And there's a whole lot of angels on his team as well. So I actually believe in a personal devil. Most people will think you are stark raving mad. Right? So that's not a popular opinion. In fact, we find stuff like this. Uh, Sarah Hanson Young was talking about, uh, from the Greens Party, was talking about chaplains in schools and how they are teaching outrageous and bizarre things. Uh, she talked about on Thursday the 31st of May in the afternoon, she, she put on her Facebook feed, these chaplains are talking about bizarre discredited theories around demonic possession and deliverance. Bizarre and discredited theories around demonic possession and deliverance. 67% of Australians, the pollsters tell us 67%, do not believe in a personal devil. And so that's what I want to talk to you tonight about. I want to talk to you whether you believe that or not. Uh, does he exist? Uh, if he does exist, who is he? Where did he come from? What are his goals? Uh, what are his methods? What's his destiny? How do we counter him? By answering some of these questions, I want us to sort of almost take the blindfold off our souls and off our minds and understand that out there we can be far more aware of what he's up to and therefore we cannot be blindsided. Tonight I want to help you to learn not to be blindsided by the enemy's schemes and attacks upon you. Uh, let's have a look at some of the words that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking... Mm, there's another one. Okay. One of the things, of course, as people don't believe in him, there was a great thinker, Charles Baudelaire. He was a French poet. In 1864, he wrote a famous work entitled The Generous Gambler. And he wrote in that these words, and they've been much quoted throughout history, the finest trick of the devil is to persuade you that he does not exist. The finest trick of the devil is to persuade you that he does not exist. 67% of Australians do not believe that there is a person, a personal force out there that is evil in nature. And Charles Baudelaire would tell us that that is one of the finest tricks of the enemy. Because if you don't believe he's real, you don't have to worry about him or take him seriously or worry about the things that he would want to do in your life. So we're worrying about those things that are the unconscious influence of Satan. So being uh, uninformed or unaware, the aim of tonight is to make sure that you are aware and informed. And of course, influence, the capacity to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself because I believe that the enemy as the Bible refers to him does have an effect on people's character does have an effect on the world I mean do you believe that when you look around at the world that we live in do you not think that there's some evil at foot in some of the motivations that we see around us aren't you aware and in your own life of some of the personal attacks that you've had in your life I want to frame my sermon in two parts today. Know your enemy and know yourself. That's uh, from Sun Tzu who wrote what? What do you write? 
the art of war in the 5th century BC, uh, collecting those things that we needed to do to be successful in combat. And one of the things that we, he said to be successful in combat is that we need to know ourselves and we also need to know our enemy. So let's talk about knowing our enemy. Knowing our enemy. Uh, before we talk briefly about knowing ourselves. We're going to spend most of the time tonight on talking about knowing our enemy. Well, does he exist? Well, the Bible is emphatically, the answer is yes. If you open up the early part of the Bible and you find yourself in the Garden of Eden, who appears in the Garden of Eden as a, the, in, in a personified as a serpent? Who? Satan comes and tempts Adam and Eve right there. It's the very opening of the Bible. We open up, God makes a perfect world. Wham! Within a couple of chapters, the first few pages of the Bible, we see a presence of evil distracting people away, causing rebellion as he did in heaven. He's causing rebellion against earth, uh, on earth against God. And so you go to the end of the Bible, and what do you find at the end of the Bible in the book of Revelation? He's a dominant character in the book of Revelation. If you go right through to chapters 19 and 20, it's not till you get to about chapters 19 and 20 that you see the overthrow of this individual that we call Satan or the devil. So from one end of the Bible to the other, from Genesis to Revelation, he's weaved throughout the passages of Scripture. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's at least 20 clear references to him. And in the New Testament, 136 clear references, making the Bible mentions him and the reality of Satan, the devil, no less than 156 times. He's real, all right, right from the beginning, right through the end. You see him, of course, in the story of Job. He goes to in the courts of God and he says, you know, I'm looking around there. I just I see someone over there who who worships you. I reckon he worships you because you bless him. I reckon if I took everything off him, he would curse your face. And then, of course, this great story and drama of Job being stripped of everything but refusing to curse his God. You find in the in the four Gospels, you see people that are, the Bible describes as demonized. You see Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness. He gets baptized, he goes out into the wilderness and it's out there that Jesus Christ has a personal encounter with Satan himself and speaks to him personally. And of course defeats him incredibly as he tries all the, all the techniques he can upon Jesus to get down and to worship him instead of worshiping the real God. The Bible tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he went and he entered into Judas Iscariot and gave him the thought that he should betray Jesus unto death. So even on the eve of Jesus' crucifixion, he's, he's strongly there. We find references to him in Peter and Paul and Luke and John and James and right throughout the the the, uh, the New Testament. So who is he? Who is this person? Well, the Bible, uh, he's got many titles and I'll talk about those. Uh, but Lucifer, the devil. Now, who is he? You need This is going to blow your mind out a bit. The devil was created by Jesus. Did you catch that? Got your mind stretched at this point? The devil was created by Jesus. Let me explain before you go, start throwing things at me and go, the preacher's lost his mind. 
Bible says in John 1, 3, it says this, Through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. The Bible says that the devil himself is a created being. Therefore, if he is a created being, Jesus not being a created being, but a part of the Godhead, if he is a created being, and he is, uh, he was created by Jesus. Not his evil attitude, not his rebellious ways, not his assault on the throne of heaven and trying to get into that place but he was created he was created as a magnificent beautiful archangel in heaven he was significant he was magnificent he was beautiful if you saw satan if you thought if i saw satan i'd see some twisted up thing with horns and tongues like that he is absolutely beautiful absolutely magnificent to behold because he was a leading angel and this is what our readings are about did you read our readings as we as we track through that he was created by god but he was cast out of heaven uh, he was cast out of heaven by god because he had come to rebel against god i'm going to read to you a passage from uh, We've already got one from Revelation. We'll get to that in a minute. But I just want to read to you one from Isaiah. And this is a reference to uh, Satan's fall out of heaven. Satan and perhaps maybe a third of all the angels in heaven rebelled against God. Tried to usurp God's place in heaven. Tried to maintain the glory. Tried to get above God. And of course, the scripture says, and Sam read it to us so well tonight, that a war broke out in heaven and he was swept down to earth. I'm in Isaiah chapter 14 and I'm at verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. They're, they're majestic phrases. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to earth. You were once you who once laid low the nations, you said in your heart, I will ascend into the heavens. I will rise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you were brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Can you see what's happened here is that Satan uh, started an incredible rebellion trying to usurp God's place in heaven and then was thrown out. Jesus says in Luke chapter 10 verse 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Sam read to us these words, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael, also an archangel, there are various categories of angels. I haven't got time to go into that, but archangels are the lead angels, the overseeing angels. There are several of those. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he, the dragon, was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. Satan was an angel in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil. Now we see the reference already of the ancient serpent in the book of Genesis. That serpent called the devil or Satan, who, note this, this, who leads the whole world astray. Who leads the whole world astray. 
we find it difficult to explain some of the evil we see in the world today. But there is one who leads the world astray. And do you know what his business is? Well, his business is really this. His business is just rebellion. He's rebelled against God in heaven and now he incites everybody on earth to also rebel against God. He's got heaps of titles. Lucifer, as I've said before, he's also called uh, Satan, literally means adversary, Satan, Satan means adversary, or in Greek, he's been called the devil, father of lies, God or ruler of this world, not in a sense, in the supreme sense, but the one who influences this world, because as we've just read, he's led the world astray. You might see him referred to in the Bible as Beelzebub, and that is a Philistine god associated with the prophet, uh, with the um, false god Baal. The great dragon, as I've referred to, the tempter, the accuser, the evil one, and there are many titles that he's referred to. But notice this, his business is rebellion. He has rebelled against God. His angels rebelled against God. They were cast down to heaven. He's got one thing that he wants you to do, and that is rebel against God. He does at all costs, want you to not have the lordship of Jesus in your life. He does not want you to follow the way of Christ. He would rather you rebel against God and join him in a Christless eternity. That's what, he, that's what his plan is for your life. And I have to say, when we look around the world, if he's leading the world astray, I'd say he's doing a pretty good job. I see significant influence of the evil one around us. And the Bible says he's highly motivated because he knows his time is short. He knows that he's going to one day suffer uh, being completely overcome and quashed by God. In our reference, when we get to the end of Revelation 12, uh, 12, 12, in our reference says there, but woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. We are the theatre at which he wishes to play out his evil, rebellious plans against God. He is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. He's filled with fury because he knows his time is short, the scripture says. He knows there's a day of reckoning. He knows he's lost. The death and resurrection of Christ has absolutely defeated him. And there's going to be a mopping up operation at the end of time and those people who are under his uh, sway and influence of course uh, and not joining joining the rebellion against God are going to be on the losing side he's very subtle came to Adam and Eve came there and said subtle things said look here's a piece of fruit look you can see it's good to look at it's good to eat it'll even make you wise and then everything the deception came he's not going to come and deceive you with horrendous things that 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 make you recoil he came and he almost he really seduced adam and eve into taking that the fruit looked good it tasted good but it had a bitter end to it that they started their rebellion against god so you know in your life and you'll notice this that when jesus was in the temptation um in the wilderness, I want to tell you this tonight. Satan tailor makes temptation to you and to me. He tailor makes temptation. When he went to Jesus, Jesus' temptations in the wilderness were primarily around Jesus' identity, about him being the Son of God, about him deserving to be worshipped. 
about if he threw himself off the pinnacle of the temple, angels would pick him up just like that. And that if Satan, uh, he would give Jesus the nations of the world. Well, of course, that's what Jesus deserves. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Lord of glory. He deserves that. If Satan came to me and said, I give you the kingdoms of the world, I said, I'm not interested because that would just give me a massive headache. I can barely run a local church. You know, but Jesus, you see, Jesus is the king. So he understands Jesus and he's hammering Jesus where he's weak. Satan has your pin number. He knows where you're weakest. He tailor makes temptation to you so that it will impact you with the greatest amount of impact. If you know anything about my life in the last 10 years that I've been, 11 years that I've been ministering here, his strategy is this with the Galbraiths. Smash the family to pieces to try to stop me ministering. Smash the family to pieces. Smash those who he loves the most, the hardest and see if he will stand the course. That's my testimony of the last 10 years of being a parent of adult children while I've been pastor of this place. He knows what hurts you. He knows where you're weak, and that's where he's coming for you. He's got your pin number. And so we need to be very careful in the way that we combat him. The Bible says, be alert, 1 Peter 4, 8, be alert, be sober of mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Your name is on his menu. You're on the menu and he's looking for you and he wants to chew you up and he wants to spit you out. And he wants to destroy your life. And he'll do that by getting us to rebel against God's good way for ourselves. So that's knowing our enemy. He's a real charmer, isn't he? The answer would be no, Larry. He's not a charmer. What about knowing yourself? Know your enemy, know yourself. I'm going to be much briefer on this point. Well, first thing is to know that we're flawed. We know that we're flawed, but know this, notice what James says about that in chapter 1, verse 3. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. That's why you sin. That's why you rebel against God. Because there's something in your nature and my nature that is flawed and fallen. We are dragged away and enticed by our own evil desires, particularly in the areas that we're weak. And he knows them. Then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. So we need to know ourselves. We've got to say, God, I'm flawed. But then we've also got to say, God, I'm empowered. Say these words after me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So 1 John 4, 4, I want to tell you this, in 1 John 4, 4, you know this, you've got the living God living in you and you have the power of God put in you. The person of the Holy Spirit lives within you and you can resist and you can overcome and you can have the victory. And no, you don't need to be led down the path of temptation. You don't need to give in. You can stand your ground in the power and the armor of God and you can resist the devil and he will flee from you because that's what the scripture says. If we resist him, he will flee from him. So you need to know this, join the resistance. 
They were at war with the enemy. It says we're not at war against flesh and blood. We're at war with spiritual forces from our Ephesians 6 passage. You can join the resistance and you can successfully resist. James says, James 4 says, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you resist temptation, it will abate. It will withdraw. It will pull back. It will not stay with you at the strength that it comes to you. You can win if you stand your ground in the strength that Jesus gives it. 1 Peter 5 9 says, resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So resist him. Ephesians 6 13 says this, therefore put on the whole full armor of God. You ought to read that passage. You've got to go back and study that. You need to armor up. You've got to armor up with all the things that it talks about. There's a whole sermon in that. Therefore put on the full armour of God, so when the day of evil comes, when temptation comes, when there's a trial in your life, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand, stand firm then. So with the strength that God gives us, with the protection God gives us, as things come upon us, you know this, you can stand firm and it can come against you. But with the offensive word of truth, the word of God and the armament that God gives us in the spirit of God, you can stand the day. You can win the day. You can hold your ground and resist him. And the scripture says, and here's the guarantee, he will flee from you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You need to know yourself. You need to say, God, I'm flawed. I'm fallen. I do get drawn down the path. I do sin. But I need to acknowledge that. I need to say to God, you know where I'm weak. I need I need to armor up where I'm weak. I know you're in me. You can give me the victory. So today what we've done is we've exposed uh, the enemy no, I'm going to go backwards, see what I've done. I've wrecked the whole thing. Yeah, that one. we we'll expose the enemy. Know your enemy. Who is he? He's the adversary of God. He's got, one, he's got one purpose. It's rebellion against God and inciting people to rebel against him. Know this about yourself. Yes, you are fractured and fallen, broken, but you have the living God living in you. And if you stand your ground... If you know where you're weak and you bring that to God, ask him to strengthen your weaknesses. Name them before Jesus. Name the areas that he's hammering you and bring them to God and stand firm. If you stand firm in him, you will have the victory. You can resist the devil and he, in fact, will flee from you. And know this, you have eternal life if you love Jesus. He is doomed, but you will be rewarded but always be alert because you know why you're on the menu you're on the menu so be alert